I hope we get this to start off the episode, guys. I am sipping on another hot Republica coffee here to end and begin another incredible episode late on a Monday night. I don't know when you are listening to this. It could be morning, could be afternoon, could be evening, but I'm going to I'm gonna be enjoying this coffee out of this fresh Thrive mug because you guys are listening to another episode of the YBR Remo Show, and we always give away mugs to our favorite listeners. Before I get into the mug, let's talk a little bit about our episode today. We're going to be talking about relocation. Uh, it is such an incredibly hot topic. I've been posting this up on my Instagram a little bit lately, and uh, I've been getting a lot of responses from a lot of people that want to know everything about it. So we packed in 25 minutes, of, like tons and tons and tons of content, everything from investment-based investment content to just personal strategies, what to do, what not to do. Just keep in mind, everything is independent to your situation. I've got, as always, Dean Lawton and Derek Williamson and myself, Alex McFadden. We are your source here at Thrive Mortgage Co. Um, always looking forward to taking care of you. Now that I got that away, let's get away to the mug giveaway. As always, leave a five-star review if you love the show. If you don't love the show, we'll take a review anyways. But We'd, we'd appreciate the five stars. Send us a screenshot, let us know, and we will send you a, a Thrive mug. This is the best mugs you'll ever have. So today's episode uh, is presented by our review here from Michelle Cummins. Michelle says, uh, fantastic, knowledgeable, and relatable. Ooh, relatable, I like that. I've listened to every single one, and it never fails to deliver. These three boys are passionate about what they do and who they do it for. For value, I need a Thrive mug or two, or two with a winky face. Okay, so we'll, we'll see what we can do with the two, uh, two mugs. Michelle, thank you so much for listening uh, to the episode. We greatly appreciate it, and we hope you enjoy this episode all about relocation. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. Hey, guys. What's going on? Uh, welcome to the welcome to show. Uh, I just kind of had a little bit of a blurb. We're going to do a little repeat because there's a lot of people hopping on live right now. Um, hey, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about relocation, how to do it, why people are doing it, um, seen some news articles about it, posted a lot of posts about it, and just really like everything about to do with why are people relocating right now and how do you do this from a financial perspective on the mortgage side as we like to break things down. So um, yeah. Yeah, it's not as easy as people would think. You can't typically just apply for a mortgage and get a mortgage away from your place of work and and you know there's a lot to it behind the scenes so there's some steps and planning that needs to be kind of put into place but especially with covid we've seen a ton of people relocating and that doesn't have to mean you know to the okanagan or to the island this some people is from vancouver to langley right yeah. um, a lot of people have started or had the ability now to work from home and they're realizing maybe they don't need to live as close to the city as they were um, and they can get you know a better bang for their buck a little bit further out yeah or for that same reason due to covid they can now work from home but the home that they had wasn't quite an efficient <laughs> working from home type of space so now they're you know upsizing because they're going to langley and getting that extra bedroom that's now the office right so yeah, and, and actually, so we've seen a lot of, um, so we've been talking about it for a while. And like I said, on Instagram stories, we've been posting about uh, people making the move to, I mean, for us, obviously, we see people moving to the interior. 
uh, the island. Uh, heck, I think we moved like four or five families to like Nova Scotia and Halifax and, and, and places like that in the last little while. But there was actually an article that popped up that I, I grabbed from the uh, Globe and Mail and, uh, you know, just kind of referencing back and, uh, you know, just talking about the fact that they're like, in this case, this family made the move out from uh, living and renting in a townhome uh, outside of Vancouver, not even Vancouver, like they were out in Chilliwack and they may move, may move up to hundred mile because they could have land, a five bedroom house and stuff like that. And I think the reality is, is like with the way people's lives are now, they're starting to actually respect space more than ever before. So kind of a rundown of the episode, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about planning for a future relocation. We're going to talk about how to buy while relocating. We're going to talk about how to keep your property while relocating. We're going to talk about it from a personal perspective and from an investment perspective. So we're going to cover a lot of ground uh, today. And of course, we can't cover everything. And for each situation, we always say, like, talk to us because we'll break it all. We'll break it all down. Um, but, you know, like I said, just having come back myself from the Okanagan, I can see, uh, you know, why people are doing it and, and uh, what the appeal is. And just talking to local real estate agents up there, it's like, it's, it's big. It's real, right? Um, so, Derek, why don't you lead us down? Like, what are you seeing, like, the number one reasons that people are doing this over and above? I think lifestyle is a huge part of it, which ties into pretty well every other reason. I mean, there's some people that are moving strictly for employment opportunities, right? Like job opportunities, or they see an, an opportunity for their business to pick up. I actually have some clients re relocating from Coquitlam to the island right now, and he's going to open up a second branch for his business, and they plan to eventually retire there. So I think it all ties back to lifestyle, uh, affordability. I mean, my parents and my brother and his wife moved from Langley to Kelowna because they like the mountains, they like the lake, and that's the kind of lifestyle that they wanted to live, right? Uh, I like it because I have a vacation spot to go to all the time now. But uh, yeah, I think it primarily is lifestyle or opportunity, right, and affordability. Yeah, and then just general property type, like you mentioned, getting a bigger home, you know, getting that extra bedroom, whatever it is, the property type I'm seeing uh, become quite a big factor. Yeah. So, so with that in mind, there's a, a third part of this as well, which would be uh, investment potential. And this is for, in a, in a couple of different ways, uh, investing while carrying your primary residence, but focused on the lifestyle. So you kind of have a little bit of both as well as, uh, listen, a lot of these properties, uh, believe it or not, even with the prices increasing, still are turning a pretty uh, decent rent. Um, especially with the, uh, one of the biggest challenges for a lot of these places there, they didn't anticipate this growth and they didn't anticipate this many people coming in. So rent actually is skyrocketing in a lot of cities, including like we talked to, uh, we have a, a great group of people that we work with in Nanaimo and we're just hearing constantly about how scarce property values are there or sorry, property is there, which means rents are going up. Um, and so there's a lot of opportunity to get in there in unique ways, whether it's Airbnb, short term, long term, that sort of thing. So um yeah let's let's get a little bit into uh planning for the future relocation so uh dean why don't you take us away to talk a little bit about what you know some the start off of what types of ways we would start to talk to someone about planning yeah i think you one of you mentioned retirement and people looking to maybe plan for a future retirement home in on the island currently working here so looking at uh putting this the, essentially putting the blocks in place to get there and We've seen a lot of clients buy a rental property in say Victoria because that's where they want to eventually live. So they either turn it into a rental property now with the intent to get there in year two, three of what have you. So we've seen that strategy work as a quite a pretty, you know, a really good plan to, to get there and have an investment opportunity on the way. Well, yeah, not only 
are you buying that property that you eventually want to move into? But I mean, if you were to buy a property, say five or 10 years prior to actually wanting to retire, that's going to give you five to 10 years of principal pay down appreciation that could, who knows, that could throw an extra hundred thousand dollars at your retirement fund, right? From yeah. when the time comes. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And um, actually, funny enough, that's like one of the most common things that they see on the island is people moving from like Edmonton and a variety of places across Canada specifically for that reason, which is that future investment potential. Actually, it, it, Dean, you brought up that, or Derek, one of you guys said, <laughs> said um, it, you're seeing people move from Vancouver to the Valley as a relocation, which is still kind of the case. I, I just recently helped a client close on a purchase where they're living in Saskatchewan and they're buying a place in Pitt Meadows, but they're actually not going to live here for about five more years. So to your point, they're going to be winding down their business and eventually selling it. And they want to buy it today uh, and enjoy the appreciation because they say back in Saskatchewan, they don't really enjoy appreciation like we do here. And so from their perspective, it's like buy in today at whatever, $400,000, $450,000. And then over the course of the five years with you know even a moderate 3% increase, we're going to see an extra fifty dollars to $75,000 of appreciation while someone pays that off, right? So in that case, in a market where you're not maybe appreciating like Saskatoon, it could make sense to rent there and buy here and make this property your rental investment property. Like that is a, that is a very doable situation. And to your point, you're going to get the best of both worlds right absolutely absolutely and that's and that's the third point we'll get into a little more in, in detail to cover exactly what you talked about there so um requirements for purchasing a rental or sorry purchasing a property where someone that you're moving is going to be an investment derek maybe you can walk us through what kind of requirements we could uh yeah so if you're buying like in that scenario you're still living say on the mainland and you're working here you own a property here maybe you're renting if you're to buy a property up in Kelowna because you plan on moving there in five years if you're if it's going to be a rental at time of purchase you have to have 20 percent down so a lot of clients will maybe utilize equity refinance their existing property to make that down payment to actually be able to achieve the 20 percent down um on top of that i mean a lot of people think that it's not obtainable to hold two mortgages at the same time. A lot of people don't realize that the rental income that you're actually gonna bring in is gonna help you qualify for more. So typically, if it's planned and, and structured properly with the right lender, you can uh, offset a lot of the cost of the property to allow you to purchase that second one. One of the strategies I've seen work is where you're buying a second home for the purpose of just being a second home or a vacation home that will allow you to put less down so you can put the minimum down in that case and then still plan to have some rental income there from a say an Airbnb type of approach plus you get to go there and experience the town yourself you know for the odd weekend or week that your home is vacant so that's been a good strategy to kind of get in at the basement level in regard to down payment threshold and experience the the town we should probably throw a little asterisk as we always do in these and say if you're buying it with less than 20 percent down you can't have the intent of renting it out day one uh but again eventually if you do like what you said uh, short-term rental in the future i mean you know it kind of is what it is later down the line to your point to supplement your income or maybe there's a suite in the property or something like that uh, a lot of people don't know you can buy a second property with as little as five percent down uh, as long as you can debt service costs. And I'm, people are always surprised when I tell them that and uh, they you know, suggest they would have bought earlier had they known that would be the case, which is kind of neat. Um, it, you know, we talked a little bit about planning for retirement. Do you guys have anything else to talk about on the, on the retirement planning piece as far as that's concerned? I mean, your parents moved up uh, uh, it, it, at an interesting time. Like, I don't know if you want to share anything about their story or how they did it. 
I was semi-retirement. My dad retired. My mom didn't. My mom works up in Kelowna. Um, yeah, I mean, they lived down here. They did pretty well in real estate in the lower mainland. I think a lot of people did that were in at the time that they were. Um, and my dad is from Asoya, so he loves being around the lakes. And my mom was open to that. Uh, so they built a brand new house pretty damn close to the water for similar cost to what they had down here. And yeah, just lifestyle. They wanted a bit of a change and my brother and his wife followed suit and yeah, they're happy up there. I love it. Cool. Interesting. So uh, let's jump into um, like actually going through the process of buying while relocating and some of the challenges that people face and like how you can overcome them or if they're even able to overcome them as well uh, because we see all sorts of kind of pitfalls and misconceptions. So it's kind of like one of those things where it, it's very specific to your situation. Like there's a lot of general things that we'll talk about here, but your situation is very, very unique. And we'll talk a little bit about your income opportunities kind of towards the end here and some hot tips, but, you know, buying while relocating. So, you know, some of the challenges that can come up is uh, a lot of people don't have a job where they're going, right? So, uh, you know, let's just say, for example, you, um, uh, you're a business owner uh, right now, and uh, so this is a little different, but let's just say you're a business owner and your business is like a, a shop or a restaurant or something like that down here in the lower mainland. Um, your income isn't really going to transfer, right? So unless that business could be run without you, which might be the case in the case of a restaurant, you might be able to manage that online uh, or over the phone or through Zoom calls and just kind of travel back and forth. Uh, the lender is going to have concerns about the fact that you aren't going to be able to transition that work. So it needs to be a business that you could run remotely or you could prove that you could or or something along those lines uh, or expansion of the business that's very feasible and has already be begun. And when I say expansion, to be clear, you know, if you're a contractor and you've got a ton of work here in Vancouver and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna build a base in, in, in uh, you know, in Victoria, very well could be the case, but if you don't have contracts on hand, it's very difficult for a lender to really put anything into that. So definitely uh, spend the time and the energy. If you're if you're in particular a business owner um, and you're looking to transition, spend the time and the energy to start to build up those relationships in advance so you have proof of those contracts in a base. Yeah, or if you are replacing yourself so the business can quote unquote run itself, figure out what that's going to cost because I have had lenders look at that, look at the expenses and say, okay, well, the expense to cover yourself could be X amount, which will now put your company into a negative position. So there's some key unique planning. Yeah, I think just putting thought into that and building a case, like write yourself a biography for your business and explain how it operates, explain what you're going to do. Like the more information, the better in these situations. Yeah. Now, as an employee, a little bit of a different situation. Um, and we, again, we'll get a little bit more into some hot tips as we move forward. But uh, as an employee, uh, really, honestly, most lenders are going to want to see that either A, you're working where you're going, like maybe you rent there for a month or something like that. You have a new job, you're getting a paycheck. Um, or in the case, let's say, of like an RCMP officer like uh, or something like that, you have a transfer letter just showing that you've got a transfer going on, which would be a B in this case, um, or, or C, that you can work remote, mm -hmm. like some form of uh, work remote. Is there anything else I missed on that? Or No, I think you just got to put your shoes or put the lender's shoes on, right? Like they're going to have concerns about income that is 100% a red, red flag that's going to fly up. Um, and yeah, just making sure that those questions are answered properly. A couple of years ago, I was probably three or four years ago, I had a client tell me that she was 100% remote. She promised me that and they wanted to purchase a property. So they went and tied up a property in Penticton, I think it was. And the lender calls the employer, right? Like they don't just take your word for it. And they called and the employer said, 
not a chance. She works in Vancouver. So the deal was declined, right? Like as soon as that call happened, it was declined. So you got to be honest about everything too, right? Yeah. And in that case, some people may work partially from home, partially, you know, from an office, have a conversation with your employer. If there's a way that you could be fully remote, have those conversations and then you could make this plan and make this happen a lot quicker if this is something you do want to do. Yeah, you know, exactly to that point, like, oh, I was excited. I got the coffee going through my veins here, seven o'clock and I'm having another one. Um, you know what, to that point, have an open, honest conversation with your employer. A lot of people are scared to have a conversation. I think the reality is, especially post COVID more now than ever, I'm hearing of jobs left, right and center. We're like, you know what, like, you know, maybe, maybe we would be open to that. Maybe there's a difference in pay associated with being a not on campus, or maybe you have to travel back once a month and stay down here and you have to figure out a solution for what that would look like. But the conversation doesn't even begin until you start asking the questions around that. So definitely start stoking that conversation. So um, you know, a lot of things that we always look at, we talk a little bit about uh, investment potential and in almost everything we do. And the reason for that is we believe that real estate has to be one of the pillars of your, um, your portfolio. Like it really should be. Uh, the three of us are all inv involved in, in investment in real estate and uh, have an experience in that. And, and we don't think that's different when it comes to relocation. So we've already kind of walked you through the idea of buying a property with f future potential to live there. But there's other things to consider. Um, what about keeping your residence here, uh, while relocating? So even if you are moving there and what that would look like as far as making that switch, I mean, have you guys, uh, personally experienced working with any clients where you walk them through using the equity to actually purchase that second property and keeping this one? Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, we've done this locally just for, you know, moving up to your next home. So it's a very similar process. It, Quite regularly, we see clients refinance their existing home, take out enough equity for a minimum down payment on the property that they're going to move into, and then turning their current primary residence into a rental. So this strategy happens regularly just from moving from one Langley townhouse to a Langley home. So why couldn't this strategy work from moving from Langley to Nanaimo or Kelowna to Kitimat, sure. whatever, yep. right? Yeah. I think a lot of people just like when they think about selling or upsizing, it just seems like a lot. Like, oh my God, it's a million dollar home, right? Like you have to sell your house is kind of the mindset or that's what people are thinking. And they're not, they don't get a chance to look at the numbers unless someone actually points it out and breaks it down for them. I mean, and, and there's some savings, there's some long-term savings in that, or maybe it's short term, but I mean, when you sell a property, obviously there's some pretty substantial fees around that, right? Real estate fees, there's mortgage penalties, legal fees. Um, so it can really save some of that equity for you until it comes time to sell, uh, which allows you to extract some of that for the down payment. That's, that's huge. So, so to your point, um, to, to Dean's point and, and to Derek's point, just to piggyback on that and share a little bit more, uh, what, why are the reasons that we talk about keeping this residence down here? I mean, um, again, uh, appreciation is one of the uh, key benefits of uh, local real estate market that we've experienced in, Metro, in Vancouver, Metro Vancouver, the Fraser Valley and so forth. So um, depending on how much equity that you need to purchase that other property, uh, we, there are situations that we see clients who, for example, have owned a, a, a property, like a gentleman that I'm I'm working with right now and the reality is is the property that he's purchasing 
is so affordable that he really only needs about $150,000 of equity from that property, but he's got about $500,000 in it. So there's a ton of equity in this property. Um, realistically, that 150 would help him achieve his goals of where he's going uh, uh, in the property that he's trying to buy. And it actually leaves him quite a bit of room in this residence to not only cash flow in this property right now, but to have the potential to purchase additional real estate beyond that. So he's keeping this residence um, and he's able to purchase this home that he's moving into and additional properties beyond that. So we're letting him obviously, uh, we're not letting him, or he's electing, I should say, to, to keep it as uh, almost like a bank account for multiple properties, uh, which, is, which is huge. Yeah, super smart. I had this conversation with a client today who's actually looking to do this. He's going to stay in the same town, but same strategy. He thought that he had to pay down his existing mortgage to a number of 65% loan to value to make that a rental property, which is, you know, a funny thing to hear from our side being in the industry, but people do, may not think this is such a common strategy that's easily obtainable, but it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. So on that point, um, just kind of walking through some some hot tips on on making this move and and some different cities to consider if you are considering doing this. Like a couple of things that you want to consider. Again, actually, last reason that you might want to keep your property here is if it doesn't work out where you're moving. Like we see people who, uh, you know, Derek, you brought up this point that uh, someone close to you made the move, and that after the first one to two years, it was really uh, it was trouble. It was was the word struggle for them up where, where they went and, and moved and and almost considered moving back. So some people may want to move back. It gives you an opportunity to move back and have a home here. I mean, assuming that your renters are going to move out. Um, so that's a, a big thing uh, right there. Um, additionally, so like talk to us early. Like talk to us early. I mean, you might want to prepare for this six months down the road or one year down the road. Like start looking into it. If you have a job that you can't move, can you find a job up where you're looking? Like really uh, start investigating that. Um, for moving to a property, we recommend possibly even uh, renting a place short term for a week or two weeks if you can go up, to, up there and don't vacation, like actually go there and live there. Um, if you're buying a place from an investment potential standpoint, same thing, like live in the city, talk to people that are there, talk to local uh, real estate agents and, uh, and really get a feel for the city in the area. Any other tips that you can think of right there? Well, we talked about this really briefly about the example where maybe you're living in a town like Saskatoon or somewhere in our country that maybe doesn't appreciate like it does here. Your goal is to get to say the Fraser Valley or, or wherever in the next two to three years. It could make sense to sell your existing home where you are buy now here as a rental property even though it's your only property you own it can be an investment property and then you start renting where you're living currently until you can get here that's a strategy that could pay dividends from an appreciation point of view because hey we, we are appreciating at a much quicker rate much larger appreciation percentages here than say saskatoon i don't want to pick on saskatoon it's just facts that could be a very good play for you and you could find yourself getting way further ahead from the same monthly cost that you're currently paying now. Good point, very good point. Um, so we have a, a few people that have been uh, commenting. Oh, I got one person recently that commented on the video. Lisa Eagleton, hey Lisa, nice to see you. Hope you're doing fantastic. She said 5% down really on second property. Yeah, so assuming you qualify based on the guidelines, again, you have to qualify based on CMHC, your GenWorth or Canada Guarantees insurance guidelines. So your income has to qualify um, and the property has to qualify. But like assuming that is the case, you can actually do that. So that's a, a hot tip. 
Uh, Dean made a really good point. Um, again, you can draw up to 80% of the equity in your property to purchase that second home. And that can be a mix of a home equity line of credit and a mortgage. Uh, Dean, you put together an interesting part. So I'm going to go off track a little bit, but just speaking on this recently, you put together an interesting, uh, interesting graph. And I think it's important to bring up um, on the investment side about uh, a five-year variable versus a line of credit. And we were just kind of comparing the two options. So a lot of people that are doing this might actually only keep their existing property for say six months or a year after that refinance. And there's a common misconception that you should just put it in a line of credit. So let's talk about pros and cons for one way or the other. So why don't we start off with like, what is a pro to doing it all as a line of credit? Yeah. So the pro is going to build us two reasons why somebody would do this one is there's going to be no penalty to break that mortgage to pay the mortgage out there's zero penalties that's probably the biggest reason why somebody would do that but it's meant for a short term because a, a home equity line of credit is always going to have a larger interest rate as of right now it's a full one percent more if not more than that like it's it's literally you're going to pay a full one percent higher interest rate uh, to have that mortgage so um there's a cost scenario, which we'll get into. The second reason is it's cash flow. It's cheaper. So you can have a line of credit mortgage and you only pay interest. You don't pay the principal. So you're just going to have a cheaper payment. But the out-of-pocket experience is going to be bigger when it comes to how much interest you're going to pay. So what we found is the break-even point from taking a variable comp compared to a home equity line of credit is usually around six to eight months. That's yeah. your break-even point. And what I mean by break-even point is there's a penalty associated to the variable. So when you look at all the interest you would pay with the variable plus the penalty, it will you'll break even at about six to eight months. And the reason I'm bringing that up, and thanks for the good explanation there, is again, because a lot of people refinance to purchase that investment property. So the question then becomes, how long are you keeping this property and when are you making the move and so forth? So that's another kind of comparison situation that you should uh, come up with. Uh, Derek, any other uh, parting points, anything else tip-wise that you'd want to bring up in regards to this relocation strategies? Um, just like leveraging family. I talked about family before, but you know, if, if let's say you are moving to Penticton, and you can't transfer your job. Like technically you're probably not gonna get a mortgage or you're not gonna get a good mortgage because you don't have the income to qualify. Maybe your parents can help out and co-sign. Maybe it's as short as six months until you're up there and you're established and you can remove them, right? And same thing with down payment. If you're selling a property and maybe it hasn't sold yet and you wanna buy, talk to your parents about utilizing a line of credit and pay them back later, right? I just find a lot of people don't ask the question and most families, if they have the ability, are willing to help out. Yeah, that's that's huge. Uh, a couple real uh, quick tips. Um, so, so as your as your mortgage broker, we can work uh, all over the place. So uh, we're pretty much 100% online in videos. So wherever you guys are, we can take very good care of you. So reach out to us, and we'll be able to obviously assist you. Um, the second uh, hot tip here is when it comes to finding a real estate agent, um, we have connections all over the place and we have no incentive, uh, no financial incentive. Um, uh, there are certain realtors that will recommend someone and some of them are fantastic, but typically there's a referral fee to be paid. We don't get paid or ask for any referral fees. So if you're looking for recommendations, um, we'll do our best to introduce you to someone um, or at least provide you with someone that we could suggest in different cities uh, as best we can. Anything else? Uh, one thing, just if you're an a skilled trade or somebody some sort of professional and you know that you're not going to be able to transfer but you want to make this move start talking to employers and other business owners in these areas about what you do and who you are because a lot of these towns are lacking skilled trades or 
professionals in certain industries and you may be surprised that you could get a job really quickly for more income like it, I, i've seen it regularly uh so start asking around network that's it that's it hey guys thanks so much for joining us on live on instagram on the podcast wherever you are as always make sure to subscribe tell all your friends direct <laughs> direct message us email us text us whatever uh again we're we're typically like not being paid by you so we're here to serve you guys and all this education is to obviously help you guys make good decisions so um looking forward to uh oh looking together one more thing we got a, a mug to give away uh every single episode so if you listen to the beginning of this episode we would have already given away a mug uh again give us a review five star on itunes and send us a message so we know it was you because sometimes we don't know who the heck you are and we'll be sending you a beautiful uh, thrive mug as you can see this bad boy right here you want the thrive mug trust me you trust me you want the thrive mug and uh and uh, look forward to hearing from you guys so have an amazing night amazing day amazing afternoon wherever the heck you are uh we appreciate you listening see you later